Welcome to the Pictures of Lily podcast. I'm your host, Lily Moayeri. I have been a music journalist since 1992, and I interview a lot of music-related people. This podcast, which is named after the song by The Who, is about my experience behind the story, what my experience is doing the interviews, just to give you a snapshot of what it's like on the other side of the digital recorder. Pictures of Lily. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Pictures of Lily podcast. This is episode 66. We publish monthly with a new episode posting on the second Wednesday of each month. You can find us on every platform by going to picturesoflily.com, where you can subscribe or follow us and also connect to us on Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, Pandora, and Amazon, although it's really best to listen to the podcast straight from the source at picturesoflily.com, as it is the highest quality audio and avoids copyright restrictions. This episode is on a lifetime of connections with iconic Iranian singer Gugush. Here are a few snapshots of my connections with Gugush and what she represents. Before I give anyone the wrong impression, I do not know Gugush personally, nor have I interviewed her, at least not yet. But for me, over the last few months, she has become a symbol of Iranian women, which includes myself as an Iranian-American born in the United States to Iranian parents. I wrote about the phenomenon that is Gugush for Spin magazine in an article that published on October 3rd of this year, two weeks after the murder of Mahsa Amini, which has sparked what Iranian people are calling a revolution against the oppressive Islamic regime that has ruled Iran for almost 44 years. Let me go back to my early exposures to Gugush. Like most Iranians of any generation, Gugush is an undeniable part of my life. In the couple of pre-Islamic revolution years that I lived in Iran, she was on television all the time performing her songs. Gugush was absolutely gorgeous, stylish, a natural performer who used her whole being to present her music, and the power of her amazing voice is undeniable. I couldn't stand her. This was due to a couple of things. One, as a very westernized person, I wasn't a fan of Iranian music in general. Two, I was straight up being a hater. Oh, but the Iranian people loved Gugush. They copied her fashion and her hairstyle, and among Iran's many talented performers, Gugush was always everyone's number one favorite. When the Islamic regime was established in Iran, there was a fear that Gugush would be arrested and executed. They did arrest her, they didn't execute her, but they did silence her for over two decades. I have always felt that the Iranian people's unwavering love of her is what protected her from the Islamic regime, as they would have never been able to explain away killing her to the millions of Iranians so devoted to her. Fast forward to the 2020s, Gugush's name and music kept coming up in my everyday interactions with non-Iranian people. Bands kept name-dropping her, her music from almost 50 years ago was turning up on playlists. This happened when I was at a super trendy eatery in Los Angeles called the Highly Likely Cafe this past summer with my friend and sometime editor Valerie Lee. Gugush's song Talaq started playing and it immediately caught my ear. No one in the cafe noticed it, which made it all the more noticeable to me because this song from 1975 fit right into the trendy playlist. I pitched a story on the ubiquitous and timeless nature of Gugush's music and her influence on artists across the world over the years to the present time to Spin magazine. My editor Liza Lentini loved the idea and green-lighted the story. Show ya, 
ترین راه اگر با هم بمانیم وقت رسیدن شعر خوشبختی بخانیم From the time I got the assignment to the time I started actually writing it, Masa Amini was murdered and the protests broke out in Iran and across the globe with the Iranian diaspora. As I was writing, I couldn't ignore these uprisings and the fact that the people of Iran were literally sacrificing themselves to push back against the regime. I told Liza I could easily work that into my story and she went for it. The process of writing this was extremely painful and filled with many tears. Liza was sensitive and supportive and carefully pushed me to share more personal experiences in the story, to connect what was happening during the Islamic Revolution to the centerpiece of Gugush. I was able to do all that under Liza's direction and, in the process, exercised a few of the many demons I had worked so hard to keep locked up for the last four decades. I also fell in love with Gugush, her music, and everything she represents. It's almost like I'm trying to make up for years of pointlessly and unreasonably being a hater. That story was the start of me wanting to use my journalist voice to amplify the situation in Iran and the plight of the Iranian people. I had written a story about accessing Western music in Iran from when I was a teenager in the 80s through to the present day for the Los Angeles Times in 2020. While writing that article is when I realized I had PTSD from my experiences in the Islamic Republic of Iran. This made me incredibly angry as I couldn't believe all these years later, they were still having an ongoing effect on me. I closed the door to Iran when my family made its final move to Los Angeles in 1986. I never looked back. I didn't speak to my relatives that were still there or any of my friends. I wanted to forget everything about it. Once we were in Los Angeles, I made a great deal of effort to divest myself of any Iranianness, not that I had much to begin with. I didn't want any of my actions or likes and dislikes to be ascribed to being Iranian. And I didn't want to have anything Islamic anywhere near me. I didn't even want to hear the word. I was very successful in this whitewashing. I have friends who have known me for 25 years who, until recently, didn't know I was Iranian-American. It wasn't until I met Lawrence that I started saying we in reference to Iranians. His full acceptance of me, combined with 40 years of being out of Iran, allowed me to relax my constraints against being Iranian. <laughs> چه خوبه با تو رفتن رفتن همیشه رفتن The recent uprisings in Iran have stirred up a patriotism in me that I have never had for any country. I feel a powerful connection to all my Iranian brothers and sisters. I am overwhelmed by the intensity of emotion I have to all things associated with Iran, so much so that it has a physical impact on me. What my compatriots are doing in Iran, their bravery astounds me and I stand in awe of their courage. I have participated in protests here in Los Angeles with Lawrence by my side. It's a powerful experience, but not rife with the danger of the protests in Iran. Gugu showed up at the first protest in downtown Los Angeles, which of course had a huge rallying impact on the massive crowd. Gugush has lived in Southern California since the year 2000, I believe, once the Islamic regime allowed her to leave to perform abroad. Another anomaly I don't understand, but I don't question it much. Not long after the Spin article published, Shirley Halperin, my editor at Variety, came to me with the idea of sourcing a list of Iran protest songs. Shervin Hajipur and his beautiful song Baraye, whose lyrics are made up of social media posts from the people of Iran, for which he was arrested by the Islamic regime and is awaiting trial, is familiar to many. 
It also received 95,000 submissions for Grammy's Song for Social Change category, which is 86% of the total submissions. Coldplay even performed a cover of Baraya with Iranian actor Golshifta Farahani to a stadium of fans in Buenos Aires. Shirley was onto something, as when I started looking for other Iranian protest songs, there was a wealth of them. I have to credit my sister-in-law Nazli for directing me on this search as she sent me link after link and all of her suggestions were spot on. I spent an entire day in tears as I listened and re-listened to these songs which were written and recorded and published in under a month since Masa Amini's murder. The situation in Iran has served as a major inspiration for these songs that are sung in Farsi but are still hugely impactful. I discovered so much talent in these songs, including some Iranian rappers who are eloquent and articulate, calling out the Islamic government for what it is, telling the story in the sharpest, cleverest ways possible. Among the rappers I included in the variety list was Tumaj Salehi, who has since been arrested and sentenced to death for his rhymes. This is the kind of thing that is going on in Iran. This is what the people of Iran are fighting against. Of the countless ways the regime has oppressed the Iranian people for the last 43 years, almost 44, this is just a tiny example. As I mentioned earlier, I haven't historically been a fan of Iranian music, but after sourcing this list for variety, I am now. Gugush has released a protest song of her own called Dobare in collaboration with classic and current Iranian women artists, which is beautiful and heartbreaking. The song was released after my variety list published, so it isn't included, but I highly recommend checking it out. After the list published, I was asked by my editor and friends Katie Bain and Zell McCarthy to join them on their podcast, Don't Kill the Vibe, to talk music and politics. I greatly appreciated their giving me yet another platform to inform people about Iran and shed some light on a part of the world and a regime that is very difficult for non-Iranian people to understand. They asked me questions that I would have never thought to address, which was so helpful to me. There is one question in particular that stands out to me. On the podcast, I said the way to help the Iranian people is to keep talking and posting about what's going on. Zell asked if bringing attention to people like, say, Tumaj Salehi doesn't, in fact, put Tumaj's life in danger. This is something I would never think to explain. I responded that the Islamic regime is very internet savvy and is already aware of the Tumajas of the world and is just biding its time before it makes an example of the next Iranian artist. Since the Don't Kill the Vibe episode posted, the World Cup kicked off and with it so much political drama, particularly where Iran is concerned. We spoke about DJs playing World Cup events on that episode and I appreciate better now why their participation was questioned. I always think that the people of a country are not necessarily representative of its government and shouldn't be punished for the actions of their officials. Of course, I think this way considering the Iranian government. But with the way the Qatar officials were attacking what they considered dissenting Iranian people in the stadiums and on the streets, I can see why avoiding the country is something to be considered. I spend part of my time avoiding looking at news about Iran and the rest of my time endlessly clicking on news about Iran. The atrocities that are being committed by the Islamic regime become more brutal and inhumane every single day. Just this week that we're recording this episode, they executed the first protest prisoner, Mohsen Shikari, by hanging. They found him guilty of enmity toward God, and he received no due process before they killed him in this archaic manner. 
It was also reported that medics said women are being shot in their face, breasts, and genitals, specifically with birdshot, to deform them. My sense of despair, worry, and heartbreak are debilitating. In contrast, I have been conducting an Iran lesson with my students, and it's been the most meaningful thing I have ever done as an educator. When my students toss out Iranian names of revolutionary figures, old and new, and show me the latest news on their phones asking me if I have signed a particularly Iran-related change.org petition, or keep me updated on what's going on with Tumaj Salehi or Shervin Hajipur, it makes my heart burst. <laughs> Those are my personal experiences, not just related to Gugush, but a number of Iranian artists, plus my experiences with what is happening in Iran now. My spin article on Gugush and the variety list on Iranian protest songs are linked on picturesoflily.com, as is the Don't Kill the Vibe podcast episode. The Los Angeles Times article from 2020 is linked on picturesoflily.com as well. It's a good primer for everything else. I have more Iran-related music-centric stories being published in the near future. You can search for those on picturesoflily.com using the word Iran. In our next episode, I'm going to be talking about my unique experiences with Dave Gahan of Depeche Mode, whom I interviewed for a variety. Sing your song, sing out for me. Give it everything you've got, just one more time for me. In case you missed it, Lawrence released his five-song Regal Standard EP, EP 000001, on 11.11 at 11.11 a.m. It's a banger and I will have it linked in this episode. If you'd like to support artists, the best way to do it is with cold heart purchases on Bandcamp. His first Regal Standard single, Understanding, is also on his Bandcamp profile and deserves its own special listen. While you're at it, make sure to check out Lawrence's curated playlist on Spotify each Friday. Just search for his artist name, Regal Standard. From myself and my co-producer, director, editor, Lawrence Schroeder, thanks for listening. And if you have a chance to subscribe or follow the podcast on any of the podcast platforms, please do so and please rate and review. You can connect to us on picturesoflily.com and from there you can choose your preferred podcast platform or Instagram or SoundCloud or YouTube or Pandora or Amazon. You can also find the playlist for the podcast episodes on Spotify and YouTube. There's also a Pictures of Lily newsletter, which goes out when each podcast episode posts with a bonus newsletter in between that you can subscribe to on picturesoflily.com. I have been putting updates about Iran in the newsletter since September 2022. Thanks for listening. Pictures of Lily.